Every high school has a homecoming game once a year where everybody dresses up, they put their mums on and everything, and they have the stupid cowbells. As a teacher, I hate the cowboy bells because that's all you hear. But Hunter Brown, he had a homecoming today, and it had a lot of fanfare, and uh, it had a lot of Tigers fans rooting for the Astros. And we'll talk about this and who homered in this game. And what's going on, Justin Verlander? We'll talk about this and more on this edition of the Locked On Astros podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Eisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Astros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. And Brett will be returning tomorrow. I'm actually taking tomorrow off, but we have guest Rip Griffin. Rip, where can they find you at? Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Rip Griffin 3. You can also follow me at the Texas Baseball Port on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Alrighty, so yeah, the Astros um, had another great game. Kev, um, I almost said Kevin Brown, but Hunter Brown pitched a great game as well. I know he struggled at first. He allowed a lot of uh, hard contact in the first four innings, and then he uh, he struggled with command. He walked two batters, but overall, he settled down. I think uh, as you and I were talking about before the show. Probably had a lot to do with nerves. I mean, the whole Wayne State University was out there in Section 134, like cheering him on. And it, it, there's probably more people in the stands today to watch him play than there was the day before. So that means something for a guy like Hunter Brown. And you know what means something too? Making us your first listen every day on YouTube. Go and subscribe to us and go ahead and listen to us on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the Locked on Astros podcast. Uh, so looking at the game, we had Hunter Brown has two quality starts in his first two games. I'm sure that's been done many times before. But what what has impressed you so far with this? Well, I think for the most part, it's just how he's been able to handle the spotlight. Um, you know, coming into this season, there was a lot of hype as to what he can bring to this team. And just being able to watch his first two outings, especially one at home there at Minute Maid Park, where you know the intensity is going to be a little bit more amped up. But then you come into the, your first road game, and it's actually back in your hometown, in your home state, and you've got all this camaraderie, all of this following that is going to be there at the stadium to, to, to cheer you on. And he handled it great. And it, I think this is only just a testament. We're just getting a, a small glimpse of Hunter Brown. And I think once he gets more experience, more development, we're going to see him just continue to excel. Yeah, he allowed uh, two runs, uh, first two runs of major league career. And after um, two starts, 11 innings, his ERA is 1.50. And the Tigers, uh, they they really saw a, a kind of a young pitcher in the first uh, few innings where somebody who struggled with the command, somebody who just maybe was just not as confident. But um, and when they, I think when Brown struck out uh, Javier Baez in the first inning, the crowd went wild and it, it so it just felt like a homecoming for the Astros because it, it just everybody was rooting for Hunter Brown. He threw 57 of his 82 pitches for strikes. Half of his strikeouts were looking. And after walks in his first two uh, innings, he did not issue any other walks. So he figured it out. And that's what that's what you like to see in a young kid like Brown. If you struggle early, 
make the adjustment. And we see so many young pitchers. That's what Framer Valdez kind of did early in his career is he would struggle. Somebody would make an error and then he would just lose his, uh, his whole composure and uh, give up a five, one, uh, not five, one, but a three run Homer or something like that. So uh, definitely this was great. And uh, Dusty Baker kind of predicted that the crowd would be bigger and it was, but um I know something that Chandler Rome kind of mentioned in the beginning was he mentioned the um, hard hits, but also that he missed very few bats and allowed too much hard contact, but he was able to take care of that. And uh, Detroit took 35 swings against him and whiffed just six times. The average, uh, the Tigers average um, 96 miles per hour on the 15 balls they struck in play. Somehow they just finished with five hits. So Hunter Brown was just good enough to just get it done. And it's just so impressive that the Astros have another emerging ace on this team. I, I don't want to go too far, but he's looking pretty good. So any closing thoughts on Hunter Brown? Yeah, it's just though the the sky's the limit. Just continue to develop for him. And we're gonna we're gonna see him blossom more into that uh, that number one, number two starter here in the future. But uh, he, he's doing phenomenal in his first two starts with the Astros. Yes. Uh, so the Tigers loaded up on left-handed hitters and a switch hitter in the lineup today. And uh, they thought that that would help, but it mean, it may have helped earlier, but um, I think the Hunter Brown was just, uh, was just doing a great job, just adjusting. And uh, that's what baseball is. It's about making that adjustment to making sure that you have the right, um, right uh, pitches to right um, mindset out there as well as looking for. So speaking of having the right mindset, uh, Alvarez is out there in left field again. And a lot of people say, well, he's probably not a very good left-handed uh, left fielder because he's a DH, but I believe he's played 15 out of his um, last 30 games in left field because since the trade deadline. And so I think the Astros are definitely looking at him as a possibility in the playoffs to play left field. If somebody like um, somebody doesn't really emerge otherwise, I mean, a led Ms. Diaz can play left field and you can have Chaz McCormick and somebody else play center field. But if you have, if you have um, Alvarez and outfield and he's making great plays that opens up DH for somebody like um, Mancini. I know he's, he hasn't hit as good as we like, but he still has potential for a home run in the playoffs. Oh yeah, for sure. I think once Mancini starts getting that opportunity to be in the postseason and get that postseason experience, I know he was a part of it with the Orioles back in, I think 2016, but still, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Jordan Alvarez. who has got a, quite a few defensive runs saved this year out of left field so that's definitely a positive going into the postseason because you know you he'll have you know the, the pitchers back that he can you know save those runs so that kind of helps the pitcher kind of continue to do what he needs to do offense still can get going as well so but uh, having Alvarez in the, in the outfield is, is great goes to show too that how he's feeling he looks like he's feeling healthy again so it's definitely a good positive as we get closer into October yeah, that's why a lot of people were saying, well, we need to sit Alvarez, let him kind of recover from his hand injury. And that was something that Baker and Astros were not even considering because, yeah, what if you shut him down for a week, a week and a half or something, put him on IL or something, then he's going to have to kind of rediscover everything. So now he's starting to rediscover it quicker and now he may be going on a little hot streak that gets him ready for the playoffs and we know how much he carried the Astros last year and in today's game he had two hits and one of those was a home run his 33rd of the season 
I don't think he's going to catch Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge had two home runs tonight. I believe he's at 57 or 58 home runs on the season. But overall, uh, I don't care about MVP for Alvarez. I care about him being healthy and ready for October. And speaking of being healthy, so summer is winding down. The nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing getting stiff. That's right. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, we know all that confidence can take you so far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate, if you know what I mean. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's a chewable tablet at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive a prescription within days. The best part, it's done online, so no awkward doctor's visits, no conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in discreet package. So um, if, you're, if you're ready to um, hit it out of the ballpark, make sure you're ready with Blue Chew. So if you could benefit from the extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Checkout. Just pay five dollars in shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. And now we transition to Hooters. Have you been to Hooters of NASA? Well, that's a great place to go and have um, some great wings, some great brews, and watch the Astros. If you can't make it down to Minute Maid Park and watch them play, why don't you go to Hooters and NASA? They have the world-famous Hooters girls. I love eating Three Mile Island. It's one of my favorite uh, flavors of all the restaurants I've been to. I love the curly fries. Brett likes the honey chipotle. And don't forget, you just get you get to watch baseball. And they put the the sound on so you can hear it all over the restaurant. And it's just a great place to go. And Rosie over there, the GM, she's planning a trip for uh, fans to go to Astros game with some of the Hooters girls on October 2nd. So that's something that you can also do. And so make sure you check out Thursday or Thursdays or all their daily Happy Owl specials from 3 to 6 p.m. And go hang out where the the Locked On Astros guys do at Hooters of NASA. And if you tell them that we sent you by, they will give you a free basket of fried pickles. That's right. Free basket of fried pickles. And so go check them out. Uh, they're off the NASA Values Shopping Center right next to um, Baybrook Mall or kind of close to Baybrook Mall over by NASA Road 1. So go check them out. And um, uh, let's get back to the show. Alrighty. So um, speaking of improving your game, uh, Alvarez is improving his game a little bit, and he's definitely got his OPS back over to one thousand and one, and then his batting average is at two ninety five. Uh, Bregman looks like he's getting, he's doing pretty good again. Two sixty. I mean, he he was doing really good, but he still continued to do well. Tucker hit a home run today. He now has twenty six on the season. He's still chasing that. 30-30 season, which is something that's very rare. So um, it's it's it would be interesting to see if he can actually get there. But the big story today has to be Yuli Gurriel hitting his first homer since uh, I have it here. 
It's his first homer since July 1st. So Yuli Gurriel is a bat the Astros need. He's somebody that is the gold glove defender over at first base. So you definitely need to go ahead and get his bat going because we, we know how, how powerful this guy can be in the playoffs. So um, what have you been seeing from Yuli Gurriel recently? Well, he's slowly starting to get his groove back. You know, we had he had that hot spring training. Then once the season started, he just kind of just went down from there. So I think he's just he knows he struggled. He knows he, he's been struggling all season. But you know, Dusty keeps putting him in the lineup because of that. Like you mentioned, the, he is a Gold Glove first baseman. So I really think that we're going to start to see him slowly start to get back up to where he was, especially with October right around the corner. And that's where he's at his best. That's where we've seen him clutch so time and time again. So it's going to be great to see. Hopefully he just, I mean, just keep doing what he's doing. I mean, that's that's all he can do right now. But um, good things from Yuli's. Everything's looking up for him. Yeah, there's some minor transactions today, and Aled Diaz is coming back. We predicted that, predicted that on yes, last night's show, uh, but there was a whole lot of moving parts to get him on the roster. So option they optioned J.J. Majevic to AAA. That's something that we kind of predicted, but they reinstated Blake Taylor as well from the 60-day IL. I think his time was up, and so he had to be taken off that list, and they optioned him down to AAA, and they designated Taylor Jones also for assignment. So Taylor Jones, uh, your time with the Astros was great. Um, we had a few good moments, but unfortunately, it just seems like the Astros just didn't really have any need for him anymore. He does play first base. He does play in the outfield. But you have uh, people like um, David Hensley stepping up, and you have some uh, other guys stepping up recently. So I don't think that they see a big need for Taylor Jones anymore. So they needed space on the roster. So that's what they decided to do. So Ledmus Diaz, of course, what does he do? He was hot in AAA and he comes in and gets two hits. And so I think we're going to see him play a little bit left field. I think we'll see him uh, play first base, maybe uh, shortstop occasionally. But it's good to have this guy back because this guy is – I don't want to say he's like Marwin Gonzalez, but he's one of those guys that could play multiple positions and very valuable to this team. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, we're going to talk about October a lot because we're going to need when you're, we're going to need a litmus Diaz, and we're going to need him at his multiple positions that he's capable of playing. So, definitely left left field for sure. We'll give Jordan a break. It will give Yuli a break, but we still got to remember we got Mancini as well. But getting you know Litmus Diaz back and having him do what he did tonight, going two for four, just kind of just shows that he really didn't miss a beat when before he went on the IL. So, but it adds more depth to this to this lineup now, and I really think I agree. Litmus is actually better than Marwin when he's healthy, um, but. I think it's just going to be one of those things that uh, now that Astros are getting healthy at the right time, the depth is coming, uh, the depth is there. So it's going to be a lot of things, a lot of, like you said, a lot of moving parts, but this, this lineup and this rotation is starting to kind of get together at the right time. Uh, Rip doesn't look sad. He's happy. The Astros have 92 wins and their first place They're They have a magic number of nine. So smile a little bit. Rip. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm, but it's October. It's, we've got to get serious. It's serious time right now. The Astros need to keep grinding. So we're going to keep it serious for a little bit. Serious face. Okay. So uh, we, t- we need to talk about um, Mauricio Dubon. He did play, 
uh, center field today. A lot of people are saying, well, Chaz McCormick needs to get a majority of time in center field, and that's that's a great possibility. But also, we like uh, we know that Dusty Baker likes Devon in center field just because of the fact that he has a good arm and can uh, throw runners out. He did get a double today. I think a ball went over his head, or uh, I mean, I don't think it was. I think it was just where it was for a triple that ended up scoring um, in the game. But overall, uh, center field and catcher, it's great if you get something from him. I think Malnado had two line drive outs today, and so he could start hitting again, but you, you can't count on him. Christian Vasquez is getting a lot of singles, so you need the rest of the lineup to step up. And Pena had an 0 for 5 days. I know that he's been doing really well, but he stranded six runners on base today with two strikeouts. But as a team, the Astros were two for seven with runners in scoring position, and they did have three home runs. We already talked about Alvarez, Tucker, and Gurriel. So it's awesome to see them have these multi-homer games. But at the same time, I really liked the game before where the Astros didn't have any home runs. I mean, in the playoffs, it's great to get those home runs, uh, but you can't always count on them. I mean, we can't rem- don't don't uh, include the 2017 World Series. <laughs> it felt like that was a homer fest there. Oh, but man. That was fun to watch, though. But, yeah. Yeah, overall. So, I'm, I'm glad to see the Astros can score without the home runs because you can't always count on them. So, it's good to see them getting on base. Altuve added another two hits today. The Astros had 12 hits overall. And the main thing is they're getting the job done. Could they have scored more runs? Sure. They could have scored a lot more runs. Um, could... The Tigers have gotten a lot more hits off Hunter Brown. Sure, he was a little bit more hittable early in the game, but then he settled down and kind of went in cruise control the last uh, three innings, or sorry, two innings. But this kid is just showing us that he can be the next great pitcher for the Astros, and also he's showing that he can be somebody who can help us in the playoffs. So what do you see his role in as a, in the playoffs? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how everything just kind of plans out. Um you know, I don't know. It's how everything kind of t- tends to take shape with with the roster and with and with everything. You kind of go with with your best, and uh, it's it's gonna be hard. it's gonna be interesting to see what Dusty does because I really think that this lineup at any point one through nine can can get the the, the timely hits. We've seen we're seeing multiple hits come uh, these last few games, which is good to see. So. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, it kind of just depends on uh, on what you know Dusty decides to do with him, but um, it, it'll be fun to watch either way. Unfortunately, um, uh, Brett says that his slider reminds him of Kevin Brown. Um, I believe his dad's name is Kevin Brown too, so that's kind of eerie. Wow. So uh, that's a little bit of bad luck there because we all remember that playoffs where we had right. Randy Johnson and then um, then Kevin freaking Brown shut the Astros down. That was just crazy but it just shows how the playoffs go you could have the best record and just one team get hot at the right moment one pitcher get hot at the right moment and just shut you down so actually exactly yeah yeah so definitely um so looking towards tomorrow's game um who's on the mound i sh- should have had it up already i just got home from open house but it's be christian javier and Joey Wentz. Uh, Christian Javier looks like, in my opinion, he's probably going to be in the bullpen in the playoffs unless Jose Arquiti just does a massive nosedive. I'm not worried about that one start. But uh, 
I think this is a big start for him to I mean it is against the Tigers. The Tigers don't really score a lot of runs, so I'm not super worried about it. But I think this would be a good opportunity for Javier to show that he belongs in rotation because Justin Verlander will be coming back at some point this weekend. I've heard some whispers that it would be Saturday, but I don't think they've really made it official yet. But um, just him coming back to the lineup, I know John Morosi kind of talked about it on baseball uh, network today. And this is a big move because it, the Astros are already good. They already, already have a deep pitching rotation. Mm-hmm. And if you add Justin Verlander back, that's something the Astros did not have last year when they lost to the Braves. Exactly. It's, it's just key what this rotation does when Justin Verlander is in it. I mean, and you can't, you can't just knock what, what, what Framer Valdez did last night, which was truly phenomenal. Luis Garcia is coming in double digit wins as well. So it's just, it just goes to show that when you've got one solid ace in that lineup that can have everybody else just follow suit and just watch and just learn this rotation has been so much better than last year. I mean, to get the world series is great, but you need to have that pitching to get over that hurdle. And I think, just with Verlander there, it's going to be fun to watch this October. I think the Astros may have had maybe a better pitching staff, like name-wise in the past, but these guys are doing what they can. And with Lance McCullers healthy, throwing seven innings the other day, then you have Hunter Brown doing what he's doing, Jose Arquiti doing what he's doing. I, mean, I know he's come out bad game. And then you get Justin Verlander back. That's just great and so it's just good to see everything happening with the Astros right at the right time and speaking of going great uh, Corey Lee has been on a run since he went down to Sugarland he hit another two-run homer tonight that's his 23rd home run of the season so you know how the Astros like to carry a third catcher in the playoff uh, definitely during the ALDS do you see them carrying Diaz or Corey Lee as the third catcher I think Coralie would probably have that upper that upper hand since he's he's got the playing time with behind the plate. We haven't seen too much of Diaz. He came in, I know, uh, a few series ago just to kind of mop up duty, really. But I think Corey Lee is probably going to be the one that gets that that nod to be that third catcher during the postseason. Yeah, so I think the Astros may be letting him play it out till the the season's over down there. Then they'll go ahead and say, okay, well, um, let's bring him up because I don't think they're going to bring him up. Like, I mean, I think they have to have get him into some regular season games before the playoffs. So we'll see what happens there. But it's good to see Corey Lee uh, hitting pretty well. And unfortunately, Blake, uh, not Blake Taylor, but uh, Taylor Jones was DFA, like we talked about earlier. So that will also open more playing time down the AAA for people playing first base and outfield. So that's another reason why the Astros probably did it. So uh, you had uh, Kyle Tucker. We already talked about that hitting a home run. He's got a career best, 95 RBIs. And just looking at the Astros as a whole, they just seem to have this balanced lineup once they're hitting. But the key word is they have to all be hitting. Like you can't have two guys hitting, then the rest of them struggling. And that's what we've seen recently. But now we're starting to see all the bats starting to hit at the same time. Jeremy Pena went over five today, but he's been hitting pretty well. So overall, let's say the October started tomorrow. Are you satisfied with the Astros uh, lineup? 
Yeah, uh, I I think it's 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 a good it's a good start into the postseason. Um, you know, it kind of just depends. It's a whole new season once once October rolls around. So, but as far as the lineup is concerned, right now everything is like like we talked about. Everything's starting to kind of click, fall into place. So, uh, yeah, I would I would say uh, everything's been pretty satisfactory so far. It's just uh, keep it up now. Don't don't let off the gas. You know, I mean, don't let off the yeah. Keep keep all gas, no brakes. There we go. Got to get that right, but. Yeah, good. The, the offense and everything is starting to click, which is good. Yeah, and it's good to see them actually playing well against a sub-500 team because that's something that they've struggled with this year and in the past couple of years, but they seem to do well against the good teams. So that's something the Astros always have looking out for. So uh, f- speaking of Framer Valdez, I know he pitched his 24th straight consecutive um, quality start. Do you think that the – would he, if he goes to 25, maybe 26 straight starts, making a setting a new single season high that I don't know if can be a, obtainable anymore with the way managers manage their pitching rotation anymore. Do you think that this kind of leaps him in front of the feel good story about Justin Verlander or somebody like Dylan Cease has still been having a great year? Uh, Shane McClanahan is another option. But Justin Verlander still needs 10 innings to qualify for the ERA title, meaning for Cy Young as well. So I, I know I've been talking about this a lot in podcasts, but it seems to be the talk of town. Can Framber Valdez get some Cy Young votes? Oh, I think he deserves some Cy Young votes. I mean, to go 24 consecutive quality start games, I mean, that's something that is, if he has his next one, he's at the top. And it's that's hard to do and especially with in this age of baseball in this type of baseball where you know pitchers go for five maybe six innings sometimes they get a no decision it just kind of depends you've got the opener starting now but i really think what he's been able to do especially from last year to carry over into this year he definitely deserves some Cy Young votes it's just you, you can't you can't not ignore the fact of what he's been able to do this season as far as his quality starts and the way he gets outs and ground balls. I mean, Frammer does it all. He has fun doing it. I really think he needs some Cy Young votes too. Not to take away from Justin Verlander, but I think Verlander would even give him some votes. It's kind of like saying, who's your favorite um, son or who's your favorite kid? Um, it's hard to do. I mean, Verlander is just what he's done this season. He's been pretty consistent. Framer Valdez has been good for most of the season, but now he's just on this unbelievable run. And it's just it's just awesome. But it's still good to see that the Astros have the second lowest ERA compared to the uh, they're just trailing the Dodgers by a little bit. And they have 82 quality starts. A lot of those have to do with Framer Valdez. They lead baseball with the well, that's not including today. So they have 83 now. The next closest team. You ready for this? is 73 and that's the Padres. Wow. The Mar- Mariners have 71, the Phillies have 66 and the Braves have 65. So that just shows how good a pitching staff this Astros team has had. And they've pretty much dealt with, had the same guys starting all year, a- exception of Lance McCullers. You had maybe somebody do a spot start here or there. Hunter Brown has been added, but for the most part, it's just been, crazy. So Hun brings up a good point about, um, I said that the Astros offense is a little bit balanced. I'm not really talking about the bottom of the order. I don't know what you're going to get out of uh, center field or, or catcher, but 
if the lineup is hitting the way it's supposed to, you don't really need them. And I know he brings up the point that uh, Malinado is two for 22 in October. He's not there for the offense. He's there to help you defensively. And because in a game like that, a pass ball could be a difference between winning or losing a playoff game, winning or losing the series. So that's why Malinado is behind the plate. And that's why uh, you go out and get somebody like Christian Vasquez who can hit, but who also can play great defense as well. So you have a kind of a good uh, tag team there in that situation. And we see Vasquez is kind of teaming up, I believe, with, Luis Garcia and he like they're kind of developing their bonds a little bit. So it won't be like October, like, Oh, I have never caught you before. What do you throw? So that's what, right. what you don't want to see. So um, looking at the Astros, I mean, just think about the Astros roster real quick, Rip, who, which guy do you predict is going to lead the Astros in the postseason, Like offensively, you know, I got to give the kid Jeremy Pena. I've got to I've got to let him I, I think I think he, he's got the swag he's kind of been up and down all season but I really think him getting that opportunity just to get a taste of the postseason last year just traveling with the team and right. seeing how everything goes he seems like the guy that's just gonna just come out of nowhere and just knock you in the mouth and knock you the teeth so um, I think he's gonna be the surprise one to watch. Um, I know that guy Webster brings up uh, Alex Bregman. I think that's a guy that's kind of coming on recently. I know he had the grand slam the other day. He's his bat is heating up. And I think Alvarez, he could be that guy that can go ahead and do that as well. So um, I think that there's, that's the thing. There's a lot of big names. There's a lot of good power hitters. Yes. They've struggled at times. They go through big slumps, but hopefully they're not going through the big slump in October. Right. So which pitcher, do you think would kind of dominate this offseason? Which starter? Uh, I would like to see I, I, Jose Urquidy has been kind of up and down. So he's got some really great starts. He's had some kind of so-and-so starts. But I would like to see him kind of just – We they even talked about it on the broadcast tonight that Jose Urquidy watching Framer kind of do his thing, kind of one of those, those, those tandem type things that, okay, you do well, I'm going to do well. They're going to kind of push each other now. So I kind of want to see what more of Jose Urquidy can do, especially when we get into October, because we know he's done it before, but we need to see him kind of do it start after start. Right. I agree. And um, so Jay Roberts says last year, Lance McCullers led the staff with 13 wins this year's we, we have four starting pitchers with 12 plus wins. So it's just, it's just amazing how, what the difference of years can do. And just, a lot of people were worried about the Astros pitching staff. You lost Zach Greinke. You didn't. Um, you did bring back Justin Verlander. You didn't go out and get any big names outside of that. Uh, but the staff has done great. Um, Luis Garcia has been up and down, but he's been pretty consistent. Urquidy has been mostly good. Christian Javier has been mostly good. And so it's just like this team, guys, we're spoiled. I mean, we really are. And now like people are across baseball are like the Astros did it again with Hunter Brown. They found some guy in what the fifth round or whatever it was. And now Wayne Wayne state, a division two school. And now he's probably going to be their future ace. Screw the Astros. That's what everybody's saying right now. (laughs) Screw the Astros. 
Yeah, it's just a it's just a testament at what the the scouting department has been able to do, and they find these gems that nobody else is even looking at. It's not even on the radar, and and look what's happened now with with a lot of these. I mean, you know, Jeremy Pena, Hunter Brown. Uh, we've we've seen it with even the guys that have been that were on the team or that were drafted, but the Astros had to trade because there's too much. I mean, uh, Brian De La Cruz is probably one of those guys that was doing. Some, phenomenal with them with the marlins so it just goes to show what the scouting department has been able to do with this current club now and we're seeing it on the field daily okay andrew ortiz asked does the credit go to the pitching coaches or more to the scouting um i don't know that's a good question but i would say that the pitching coaches have helped uh, brent strong before he left he helped um, a lot of these pitchers get to where they are just look at garrett cole he's still good with the yankees but he's not the same uh, garrett cole that he was with the astros where he was just lights out nails but uh, I think that it is a little bit of both, but the, the fact that they keep up bringing it, bringing up good pitching. But if you look at the guys on this team, uh, or Kitty was a Luno guy. And uh, a lot of these guys on this staff are uh, Luno guys. I think Luis Garcia came up after, but he could have been somebody who was um, drafted by Luno in the international draft or something. But I think it's, I think it's a great question, but mm-hmm. I think the answer is both because you need both to be successful. You can't, if you have Eric Heisman out there pitching for you in the ninth inning, it doesn't matter how good your pitching coach is if he sucks. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I have to agree. I think you, you, the, the scouting part, the scouting department gets you there, gets you to find those players. It's the coaches that have to develop. And so it, they kind of have to work in, 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 a, uh, in both ways in a, in a tandem. So, um, but yeah, pitching pitch coaches make it work. Scouting import, I mean, scouting department goes out and actually finds those, those gems, those diamonds in the rough. All righty. So I see the Astros going out tomorrow and getting a W. It's going to be an 1130 game. Uh, so if you are working, you may have to watch it on your phone. But I think the Astros can go out and get the job done. Christian Javier is probably going to limit the uh, the Tigers offense. And it's just I know they have some uh, great talent like Riley Green, Spencer Torkerson. But uh, they're still a few years away, especially uh, with how the season's gone. But um Tell us a little bit about your podcast and where they can find you again. And thank you once again, Rip, for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Always, always got to come on with you guys, talk Astros baseball as we get closer to October. But you, yeah, you can find me on, on Twitter at Rip Grimm for three. Uh, I'm, I am the founder of the Texas Baseball Report, covering all things Texas baseball from high school to uh, the pros. So you can find me uh, there at uh, Texas Baseball Report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we do have articles at thetexasbaseballreport.com. And one last question, Hun asked, when JV comes back, what are pitching moves you think the Astros make? Uh, probably, unfortunately, it's going to be a numbers game. I think it's going to be somebody like Seth Martinez. That's his, that's going to go down, even though he's had a great season. But um, I just don't see anybody else. You're not going to send Hunter Brown down. You're not going to send Will Smith down. You're not going to send Phil Maton Maton down. So you're going to send probably the last guy that came up. Well, not the last guy, but um, – one of the last guys who's not named Hunter Brown down. So I think that's the move that's going to happen. But guys, thank you once again for listening to the Locked on Astros podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give us a like. If you like this episode, give us a like and go ahead and uh, subscribe to us and listen to us on your way to work on Apple, 
Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out the Locked On Astros podcast and make sure you check out Sully over at the Locked On MLB podcast. He does a great job talking about all the, the different teams in baseball, and he really loves the Astros. I'm being very sarcastic there, but he's a great guy. So go check him out and uh, uh, and make him your second listen. And uh, that's all we got for this edition of the Locked on Astros podcast. Uh, Brett will be back tomorrow and I will be at 21 Pilots concert. So I'm excited about that. And go Strokes.